0: at are the um uh, uh, the railways and the uh the airlines so i've been particularly um recommending uh, uh the railways although i've been surprised over the last week that the market is uh, is leapfrogging that saying no i like it. Uh, airlines even better even though no one's flying i mean mm. um I was picking someone up at the, uh, the airport last week and it, was, um, <laughs> it couldn't be more empty, but uh, perhaps that's, that's what it's about, is saying, well, we're coming off a very low base. OK, Nick, thanks very much. Good to talk to you. Nick Smith, Japan strategist there at CLSA in Tokyo. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Uh, in Tokyo, Japanese stocks are up this morning, about 0.4%. Uh, they're going in the opposite direction in Australia. The ASX 200 is off 0.2%. Uh, the Cosby in South Korea is flat. Looks like it's going to be a pretty flattish open for the Hang Seng as well, according to futures markets. In the commodities markets, Gold is a little bit firmer at $1,908 an ounce. Brent crude oil also firming up as well at $69.66 a barrel. Thank you very much for listening. Do please stay tuned on Radio 3. Back to back chat is coming up next with Hugh Chiverton and Ada Wong. The weather forecast for today cloudy with showers and squally thunderstorms. Those showers are going to be heavy at times this morning. The maximum temperature is going to be about 31 degrees. The showers will ease off and the weather will be very hot midweek this week. Heavy showers and thunderstorms on Friday and Saturday there is uh, a thunderstorm warning in force. So also an amber rainstorm warning. It's 27 degrees relative humidity It's 8.31 and a half Samantha Butler has the news headlines
1: A patient's rights activist says penalizing people for not getting a COVID jab isn't the right way to boost Hong Kong's low vaccination rate. Alex Lam welcomed incentives offered by the government and the private sector, which include paid leave after each jab. But he said the government's suggestion to ban unvaccinated people from venues such as restaurants, schools, and sports halls would deprive people of their basic rights. People
2: not getting the vaccination, such as health reasons, and people disallowed to enter such places may be deprived of the basic rights. Say, for example, you're not allowed to go to school, to restaurants, construction sites, or certain workplaces. By disallowing these people to go to these places, you deprive them, of, let's say, the rights of receiving education. You disallow them from making earnings.
1: A former president of the India Association says he's so far raised almost half of his $3 million target to send desperately needed medical supplies to India, which has been overwhelmed by a surge in coronavirus deaths. The situation there appears to be stabilising, with daily infections down by half from the record of 400,000. Mohan Chagani told RTHK about his coming fundraising drive in Wanchai and outside Sogo on Saturday. He explained the challenges he was facing.
2: I'm trying to raise funds to get medical supplies wherever we can get our hands on. These supplies are also short in China. The manufacturers have been raised the price a couple of times. Plus, there's a shortage of planes from China going to India. There's also a logistics problem. <laughs>
1: Police have warned companies not to pay cyber criminals, especially with cryptocurrency, in the unfortunate event that their data is held hostage by ransomware. Officers said virtual currency is extremely difficult to trace when investigating a case. The warning came despite the force reporting a 6% fall in the number of email scams last year with 767 cases. The total amount of money lost also dropped by 11% to $2.2 billion when compared to 2019. Detective Chief Inspector Ipchuk Yu is from the Cyber Security Division.
3: We do not have a particular reasons to explain uh, the full, but um, the hackers, they use different means to get money or to launch a cyber attack. And in the recent years, um, there are much more attacks regarding to the, the use of ransomware, probably because of uh, the surge in the price in the cryptocurrency, because uh, those ransomware are paid by the cryptocurrency. You're
1: listening to the news on RTHK.
4: Good morning and welcome to Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton and your co-host today is Ada Wong. Covid issues again today. Vaccinations, quarantines, finding out how this all started. And after 9.15 we're going to be talking about smoking around the world. Authorities yesterday warned that people who are not inoculated may be barred from restaurants, schools and entertainment venues should a fifth wave of Covid-19 sweep Hong Kong. Officials also announced a series of incentives to encourage people to get inoculated before September. Government employees will be given a paid day off after each jab, and those who have already been given the vaccine will also be eligible for a holiday. The CE said that she's written to more than 100 property developers, shopping malls, retailers and chambers of commerce to offer incentives in a bid to encourage people to get vaccinated. And the government is also offering to exempt fully vaccinated financial executives from the city's compulsory quarantine. And meanwhile, the US government is expanding a probe into the pandemic's origins. Can we say for certain how this all started? Was it really in a lab in Wuhan? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave comments on our Facebook page, Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us. Our number is 233-88266 After 9.15, as I said, we're discussing smoking. May 3rd 31st. Yesterday was World No Tobacco Day, uh, and it's reported that there are more smokers worldwide than ever before. Why is that the case? We'll be courting to Dr Judith Mackay after 9.15. This morning, once again, our email is backchat at We've got some emails, as ever, on different topics. Let's, let's get mainly straight into our main topic uh, today, the question of um, uh, related to COVID. Uh, Paisley says... Uh, on vaccination incentives, the recent sharp increase in daily vaccination take-up is encouraging. Clearly, the possibility of winning a $10 million apartment and sizable cash prizes proved too tempting for hitherto hesitant and or apathetic Hong Kongers. Other large Hong Kong corporates should follow the example set by Sino Land to incentivize locals to get vaccinated. Corporate behemoths like Shun Kong, Sun & K, Henderson, New Land, Swire and Jardines, whose tentacles extend far beyond the property market to include in Ownership of Parking Shop, Welcome, Mannings, Watson's, Fortress, Seven Eleven, Hong Kong Electric, Hong Kong Gas, Smart Tone, Cathay Pacific, Coca-Cola, etc. Uh in other words, between them uh, and the Coca-Cola franchise, I mean. Between them, these groups control almost every aspect of our daily lives and are therefore in pole position to offer a broad range of prizes to encourage locals to get a jab. That is uh, from Paisley. And uh, on Origins, Mike says, It should be a personal private choice to enter into a, quote, experimental messenger RNA trial, unquote. If governments can't be honest about the dangers and efficacy, it's no wonder many can't be honest with themselves about their participation in this herd mentality exercise. One year ago, I was labelled a conspiracy theorist for voicing my opinion on the origins of COVID after listening to Joshua Phillips' documentary on the subject. His well-presented factual documentary was removed from Facebook and YouTube due to PolitiFact's censorship. They, along with mainstream media, are eating their words, it seems. It seems Dr Fauci, the highest-paid government employee, hasn't been completely honest again. That entire family some feel needs to retire stroke go to jail. His wife, Christina Grady, Leads a bioethics in human experimentation department in government. What a team! Dr. Fauci promoting the experimental mRNA and his wife leading with bioethics. So we all feel good about participating in this human effort. That's from Mike. Joining us now, we have in our central studio, John Nichols, clinical professor in pathology at the University of Hong Kong. And on the line, Dr. Chan. Uh, Alvin Chan is a paediatrician, co-chair of the Advisory Committee of Communicable Diseases for the Medical Association. And uh, uh, Ivan Hung, who's a clinical professor in the Department of Medicine, will be joining us after the news at nine. Professor Nichols, maybe we'll start with you. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to talk to you again. Thank you very much for for coming in. I wanted to, to turn to you uh, for a little sort of uh, illumination, perhaps, on this question of 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 the origins uh, and finding out where this where this all started and where where uh, the where this flu came from. First of all, um, how do you do that? How do you go about doing that? Keep it really simple for us, please.
3: Okay. So really simple is to basically to, once you actually find the things, to find the virus, and it's not a flu virus, is to actually see, was there an animal host which uh, was in the environment where it could have come from? And then the second thing is that, can we actually find a good precursor virus? Uh, so basically the, these two theories have been going around and uh, the main one was on the bat coronavirus which has got a 96% similarity, but in viruses that, you know, the difference of 4% is a really, really a big, big jump. So even though the bats have been found in historical, to be uh, harbourers of pre- precursor virus, they haven't found the actual SARS-CoV-2 in these um, animals. So we actually then need to go back and then look at the animal hosts. And so this has been going on for the past 15 months is that people have been uh, looking at all the wild animals uh, and uh, not really turned up that much. You know, the pangolins is still on the radar, but all the other animal hosts, the live animal hosts, have been found negative. So this is why uh, the um, Republicans especially, over the past few days since there's been this report of these number of people who had this... Um, Pneumonia type illness in the laboratory have been saying hey come on, you know, you've had 15 months You haven't found an animal host so could have come from a laboratory
4: Okay, and how do, you, how do you do this investigation? What do you look at? How do you tell, for example, what the host might be? Well, that's what they've been doing. I mean, I mean the, uh, the precursor host or the animal host?
3: Yeah, well, that's actually what they've been doing. They've been trying to infect these um, wild animals to see can they actually be infected with the SARS-CoV-2, and the answer is pretty much no. And then the second thing is to actually look, you know, are there actually antibodies uh, in these animals? Or are there actually anti- antibodies in the um, people who, who are around to see whether or not was it actually circulating in the community beforehand? And this is where the, you know, some people are getting a bit upset, saying, well, you know, the, the, the Chinese had a chance to actually look at these uh, serum samples and doesn't, doesn't seem to be there. So it's, you know, the thing is that right now, that's why there's been renewed interest about people saying that, you know, you haven't been able to show us a definite host. So could have come from a laboratory.
4: Okay, uh, yeah, is, are there any other alternatives? Is it, would it be just those two things? Would it just be an animal or the, or the lab? The, well, the people are talking about, you know, is it, and that's why uh, in
3: these uh, congressional meetings which have been going on for the past few days, um, people have been now saying, well, you know, we, you know, nothing is certain. We are considering all possibilities. It mm. could be from a lab. It could be, uh, you know, it could be another animal host which we haven't found yet. Or you know r- r- could have come from uh, maybe a, d- a domestic animal, but mm-hmm. the thing is that because people haven 't been able to find it uh, after fifteen months that 's why people are getting a bit uh, angsty and sort of saying, Well you know, come on you know, then could it have come from a uh,
4: laboratory where people were supposed to be you know working on on, on these viruses' Is it unusual that they can't find the the, the source like this? Because SARS took quite a long time, didn't it? Or maybe they've learned from SARS because that took a long time before they sort of yeah yeah that's, that's right that's,
3: you know so, so SARS took uh, took a while I mean for for camels and MERS was, was about nine months and the um, and for the civets was about you know nine about nine ten months so so that's why people are saying it's now been fifteen months uh, and you know there's been a lot of research going on that why haven't you found an animal host. Uh, and, you know, and that's why mainly some of the political parties have been saying it's in your interest uh, to show us that uh, that there is a, you know, that it could be found in an animal host. But I think to put it into perspective and you know so it could have been a laboratory accident so the you know and the argument is that uh, there's been a the past you know 60 70 years there have been quite a quite large number of uh, laboratory accidents in which there have been um, people being infected with uh, with viruses and um, so if you go to for instance Wikipedia there's a, there's a whole litany of, of all you, know, you name it the pathogen and it's, it's been released from uh, a laboratory so people are saying yeah it could be a laboratory accident but um, But I think many people are also being a bit pragmatic and even um, the former uh, FDA Commissioner uh, Scott Gottlieb uh, published a book uh, in which he was actually saying well it could come from the lab and someone asked him well does it really matter and and the answer is probably not is that you know even if it did come from from a lab you know the the long story is that um, there was a report which was published just a few weeks ago actually said that you know, that um, the world really sort of um, dropped the ball on, uh, on this, is that you know, even though you know, places like Hong Kong, you know, I think we did relatively well, uh, the vast majority of countries, you know, even if they had known it had come from a lab, didn't actually do the right things. So you know, if, even knowing that it came from a lab is probably just a minor thing. It just the important thing is that you know it can be that corrected in in the future.
4: Would it look in some way artificial if it if it had escaped from a lab? Because if it was yeah. if it was if came from a lab, it had been generated not through. Evolution or through natural processes. Yeah, yeah, that's
3: that's that's what um, there've been a, a couple of people who've been um, put, uh, talking on some of the media, like Fox News, saying that you know they've got evidence saying that it's been genetically manipulated. It's got genes, and it, it's got amino acid sequences which are not in nature. I mean, the, this has been so people in, people been talking about this for the past oh, about twelve months. Um, but the main thing is that you know the, the most the scientific evidence say that it's it, you know it's not likely to be, you know, sort of genetically manipulated. It's this, this is just uh, you know, one of these um, theories you know, which, which people talk but you know, that's why I think the most important thing is that's why you have all these commissions which actually say let's try and, uh, and look at um, you know, what's going on in the laboratories and to actually find out but uh, but the, probably the answer is I don't think that we will get a definite answer even after four, 14, 15 months
4: I mean, can, can you tell? Would you, would you be able to tell? I don't think so.
3: You don't I, think so. Yeah.
4: And and yet even if
3: uh, one did um as I get back to the the previous thing does it you know in a way um does it really would is it look that great uh politically of course it does matter doesn't it I think you know, the the people you're going to use um you know that's why I say the the politics has been responsible for everything you know every single country in the world is you know the opposition is are using the pandemic to go against the government you know in, all the in the u k in australia in the u s basically is that all it 's all been politics you know and in for instance actually in in nineteen seventy-seven, seventy-eight, you know, there was actually, you know, the release of a the H one N one from a Russian uh, laboratory, uh, and over the number of years, you know, that's gone from being a political football to saying it was deliberate release. It was, you know, gain of function exam. So basically, everybody is going to be using this uh, for political gain, but and that's I think the thing which is frustrating many of the um, scientists to actually to try and dissect out. The science uh, from the politics.
4: Uh, and you? Are you? Would you say it was the animal, or the lab, or don't know? Well,
3: that, that, uh, as I told your producer, is that, uh, I come here not to not to give an opinion because of that very reason, mm. it's, just, it's just so political that no matter what opinion you take, you'll you'll, you'll be you'll be labelled. So uh, you know, I, I can't say that.
4: Okay. Many thanks for the, for the illumination. Uh, stick around. Dr. Chan uh, Alvin Chan is with us uh, once again. Good morning to you, Dr. Chan. Yes, good morning. Thanks very much indeed for, for joining us. So, the government has been uh, talking about some uh, carrots and sticks. Uh, the sticks, possibly, you know, uh, banning uh, people who haven't been vaccinated from uh, venues and restaurants uh, and so on. Um, the carrots in, in all kinds of incentives um, uh, from the administration and from the private sector. Uh, what do you think about those uh, efforts? Do you think they're going to be successful if you want to uh, spread the vaccination in Hong Kong?
2: I would think carrots are always welcome, of course, and uh, that will increase the incentives of uh, different peoples uh, with different motives, all right. Um, However, sticks might be problematic because, uh, first of all, it's not a mandatory vaccination exercise. So if you um, exercise punishment for those not vaccinated, then um then I, I think you have to think twice because uh, uh, that means you imply that it became um, you know mandatory exercise, and then people don't have a choice uh, in a way then so um, and secondly I, I think uh, it is a negative measure that will deter people to develop a sense of uh, camaraderie. In the population, that is, we need solidarity. We need uh, a common goal uh, to go on to go forward. But with the um, punishment and uh, with the stakes, then uh, people might have the negative feelings. They might develop further objecting the government's measures, and then uh, just like uh, now, we have heard Mike's um, opinion. Uh, he, he, he really think that uh, there could be more precaution or a cautious attitude towards the newly developed vaccines so That is his opinion. Although the government should be much more vigilant in campaigning, in um, educating, and also transparency in giving all those uh, data and uh, all those information. But still, punishing those who have uh, different opinions, it seems that the people's uh, freedom of choice have been uh, invaded. Some people would think that, and that will be destructive to our development, developing a sense of uh, belonging, a sense of camaraderie, uh, camaraderie. And uh, I think the government should think twice about that. But you can see that from the incentives there have already been impulse and momentum driving people to go to the vaccination centres. But I think the most important thing is the sense of urgency. Now the people don't have the sense of urgency and they still hesitate. Right. But you see in Guangzhou, people became very, very um, uh, now uh, alert and aware and sometimes they are too they feel that they could be dangerous. And so they line up for the vaccinations in, in Guangdong. So I think if the people here feel the urgency and the sense of danger, then they will go to the centers of vaccination as well.
5: Um, Dr. Chen, um, yes? I, I think there's a lot of fear in, in many people that um, yes. you know, there are negative effects and side effects um, or you know when you take the vaccine jab. Uh, I do know people that um, they, they think of even dying. Now, I think mm. it is fear. Uh, it might be irrational fear. But um, has the government done enough to allay these fears and to influence yes. the fear?
2: Uh, they have begun. Uh, well, late is better than never. Uh, We had always asked the government to have daily release of data of how many people had died of strokes or heart attacks or other illnesses every day, not with vaccinations. And uh, this will give a background of the data that people won't be negatively impressed by anyone who had died after vaccination whenever it occurred once or twice a week. Also, then, uh, because uh, it's not difficult to release those data, it's easy. And uh, if I think uh, the um, government could do that, they, they just cooperate with the hospital authority, and then the uh, departments of health could do it. I think. Well, people would need such a perception that it's not really due to the vaccine; it's just coincidental. But they didn't uh, release these daily data of uh, deaths uh, with uh, heart disease or uh, strokes, then people would be distracted by the, uh, whenever there is somebody who had got the vaccination or uh, even two weeks after vaccination, they would incriminate the uh, vaccine. I think that's not fair to the public evidence, I mean, not fair to those who get vaccinated altogether. And uh, so I think uh, the government would do that and
4: should do that every day. Okay, comment on our Facebook page. This is from TC. who says, uh, today the WHO announced the official names for COVID variants. It'll be based on Greek alphabets instead of the place in which they were first found. So no more sort of Indian variant or whatever. TC says, as critical as I've been about the WHO, I give them credit for applying the principle of not stigmatizing equally on everyone, even though I can make an argument that Greek culture is now stigmatized. That comes from TC. John Nichols, do you have any thoughts on that? And also, you know, as a scientist, is it... Are you kind of facing a headwind of politics, you know, and prejudice and everything, uh, or does it help? You know, how do you feel about that? Sure. Okay, well, on, the on that first thing
3: about the name of the, the Greek half-bed, you know, I... I agree with that because uh, people got confused by the B1.2, you know, 6.17, you know, all these different clades and strains. So it is a way to try and simplify it, and there has been, you know, d- quite a degree of, uh, of stigmatization, you know, and so we, we can't call it the Indian variant, can't call it the UK variant, or, or the, uh, you know, or the or the China variant. Um, so that's, you know, in a way, I think it's a way of trying to to simplify it. Um, but uh, so that's you know, I think. But then the, the the problem will be is that you know when you do get um, a strain which has got a combination of uh, ones like people are talking about in um, now having combination of the Indian uh, of the the alpha and the beta. Do you call it a, a gamma? Do you call it an alpha beta? So I think that that uh, will probably lead to. Um, more complications and also they, were, they very nicely said you know we don't know what will happen when we get to the end of um, you know the, <laughs> the <Greek> alphabet. <laughs> alphabet you know will we develop something else because if you look at you know for instance with influenza over the past uh, you know 20 years there's been so many strains which have which have been uh, going on and variants sort of concern that um, this will um, you know the, I think we will eventually run out, out of the alphabet um, but in a way, it's a, it's, a um, it's it's a it's a step in the right direction of trying to destigmatize the the uh, the, the the country.
5: But in the old days, uh, we had the Spanish flu, we had the Hong Kong flu, and nobody thought about that.
3: Exactly, and it's um and you know and even with the um, the normal influenza um, uh, nomenclature is that we actually, you know, basically it's the people have been when they do the vaccines, they've been doing about where the estrangement isolated. So when if so when you go and if you get your um your influenza vaccine vaccine, you'll actually find that say little say it's got uh, Puerto Rico or it's got um or it's got uh Hong Kong or it's got um Texas. And there's no stigma there's no um negative stim- stigma uh, associated with that. So, it, you know, it's a, the people are going to say one, that one way or, or the other.
4: Again, does this make your job harder or easier, do you think, as a scientist? Or is it just the way the world is?
3: It's, I, I think it's is it the way the world is. And I think it's also related to uh, when we talk about the, the, the vaccination, is that, um, you know, people you know, I said this uh, probably about a year ago, that, um, is that even if, um, you know, we get to the uh, origin of this um, pandemic or, you know, even with, with vaccination is that the problem with human nature is that once some people have made up their mind, no matter what you do, they will not change it. So even and so even if you say that we haven't found, uh, found animal hosts to say, oh, well, you know, you, you, you know you, you're just pandering to uh, people, if you haven't found it, what are well, you hiding the data? And I think that's the same with some people who, who, with, with vaccination, they've made up their minds, uh, and you know, no matter of incentives or, or flats or whatever, is going to change some people's minds. That's that's the big problem. And with the politics, um, you know, uh that's part of of the nature because many. Um, Funding agencies, which are funded by government, have got, have got regulations on, on, what, on what they will fund. So yeah, so politics. You know, this is that. You know, this whole thing is that uh, the, you know, the, the politics of this um, pandemic have um, taken over uh, from the science.
4: Yeah. Can I can I can I read this message? All right. This is this is from Matthew. All right. This is for this is for John Nichols. Matthew says I missed the introduction for John Nichols, but presumably he has some scientific credentials. Uh, it's truly incredible to hear a so-called expert trying to downplay the importance of understanding the origin of disease that's killed 3.4 million people and caused immeasurably economic damage. If this did accidentally or deliberately get released from a controlled laboratory environment, wouldn't it be important to know, to, make that, to know that to make sure it didn't happen again. This guest comes across as having a clear political agenda which he's trying to subtly disguise by saying understanding the origin isn't so important. Who is he? What is his background? Any conflict of interest? That's from, <laughs> from, from, from uh, Matthew, that's for what it's worth. Uh, John Nichols is a sure. clinical, he's a very distinguished, <laughs> extremely distinguished uh, professor uh, at the uh, clinical professor. Well, okay, University.
3: well, I, I, you know, I apologise to Matthew if I've seemed not to, to downplay it. But the reality is that um, no matter where it came from, the fact is, is that uh, we are where we are is because uh, many countries... Did not heed the science. Is that uh, back in early 2000, uh, 2020, we were, you know, saying that basically this is, you know, this virus. If you take precautioned measures, then you will have some ways of um, of preventing it. And the reality is, is that many countries uh, had information and the politics. Uh, took precedence over the science. I'm not downplaying that we need to find it. We've made intense progress over the past uh, 15 months in the science of understanding it, but to actually, but the reality is that I don't think we all know for sure right now where this virus really came from. Uh, because a man- much of the evidence is not available, I do not have any political agenda, ab- and that is actually the reality. Is that uh, we, you know, when you, whenever you talk about viruses and origins, is that you know people say that the politics takes precedence over the science.
4: Right. Well, many th- th- thanks for uh, joining. us. I should explain that Professor Nichols and, and all our doctors and, and whatever are uh, just coming on because they're interested in the public good Uh, that get paid uh, to do this and we're we're very grateful to them thank you very much indeed Uh, we will continue the discussion, Dr Chan staying with us after the news at 9, drop us a line the weather cloudy with showers and squally thunderstorms, the amber rainstorm warning now in effect as well as the thunderstorm warning the latest reading is 26 Celsius with the relative humidity now at 94% Uh
1: New cases was relatively low, an imported variant was fueling exponential growth. He's calling on ministers to push back the June the twenty-first target date for lifting limits on social contact in England. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Music
4: Welcome back. This is Backchat on a Tuesday morning, 1st of June, with uh, Ada Wong and me, Hugh Chiverson. We're talking now about uh, aspects of uh, COVID and uh, disease prevention in uh, in Hong Kong. Later, we're going to be talking about smoking around the world with uh, Dr. Judith Mackay, uh, policy Advisor to the, uh, Senior Policy Advisor to the WHO, on uh, smoking policy. And we want to hear your thoughts uh, on uh, anything, really. Uh, backchat at rthk.hk uh, is our email address. We've got some on kind of a political issues, which maybe we'll get to in a moment. Um, Here's an email first from James, uh, who says, uh, incentives or disincentives. Uh, I feel sorry for the hospitality industry and its many lowly paid workers for their lost income through the pandemic. But in many cases, the bosses have received generous handouts from the government. Now, whether that is fairly distributed to staff, I couldn't possibly comment. OK, I will. I doubt it. If the pandemic has shown me anything, it's how much I have saved from not going to overpriced restaurants that served mediocre food served by indifferent staff. Carrie Lamb, please take two, three or even 265 days off for taking your jabs. How about incentives to stop smoking? Bring back pipes, I say, and man, men wearing hats while driving. Hong Kong's pipe and hat sector could see a renaissance. That is uh, from uh, James. Uh, Tim says, three cheers for the government finally waking up to the fact that Hong Kong's woeful vaccination rates will only be improved by carrots and sticks in equal measure. The measures announced yesterday are a good first step, but more is needed. The proposed electronic voucher scheme should only be available to those who have been vaccinated. Similarly, inbound quarantine requirements should be further reduced for those who have done the right thing by getting vaccinated. Those who cite freedom of choice and human rights to condone apathy, ignorance and self-indulgence deserve nothing but scorn. If their attitude were allowed to prevail, the world would still be ravaged by smallpox, rubella and polio. Wake up and get vaccinated. That is uh, from uh, Tim. Uh, and Paul says, COVID started from a lab in Wuhan, question mark. Last year, when President Trump suggested that COVID-19 may have originated from a Wuhan lab, the mainstream media accused him of being a crazy conspiracy theorist. Meanwhile, social media censored anyone who shared his views. Could it be that the mainstream media are guilty of covering up the truth? You'll be telling me next that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide. That's from uh, Paul. Thanks very much indeed. Back chat at rthk. Uh, hk. Uh, And uh, Victoria Ann on Facebook says, look at the comments from Leading Yellow KOLs and the so-called rise in vaccination rate. Since the announcement of the lucky draw, you'll see that the impact is not material. In fact, based on the data from the past few days of vaccination bookings, it will still be February... 2021. I presume you mean 22, uh, before we reach herd immunity. The relationship was so severed that some will see this as an opportunity to reject anything from the government. Look at the mass exodus. I've not known in one year so many people leaving, locals or expatriates, money moving out. I've also seen properties for rent or sale that all these years I've never seen uh, available for. Backchat at is our email address. Uh, uh, Dr. Chan is still with us. Alvin Chan, a paediatrician, co-chairman of the Advisory Committee of Communicable Diseases at the Medical Association. Also with us now is uh, Ivan Hung. Professor Hung is a clinical professor in the Department of Medicine at the Li Ka-Shing Faculty of Medicine at the University of Hong Kong. Professor Hung, good morning to you. Hi. morning. Hi, I think many, many thanks for joining us. So uh, we've been getting a sort of a taste, uh, as we've been saying, of, uh, of carrots and sticks from the governments to, uh, to encourage vaccination. Uh, what, what do you think of those measures? Do you think they're likely to be effective?
6: Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a very important, as uh, one of the audience said, it's the first step, was uh, giving the incentive for people to get vaccinated. Um, I think it's, you know, um, with the measures of relaxing Uh, For example, the number of people in the restaurants and then they can, uh, pubs and uh, bars can open up to, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I think these are important incentives. Uh, Nevertheless, I think overall with the increasing vaccination rate and with other countries that are doing well as well, I think the other incentive is to relax the, you know, the traveling quarantine measures. That will be another very uh, before moving on to perhaps vaccinating uh, the younger age group to between the age of 12 to uh, 15, and then later on to the age of uh, 6 to 11, when the evidence, uh, you know, are coming through.
5: So, how how do you see, you know, um, uh, you know those people who might have uh, long term illnesses such as um, high blood pressure or diabetes, um, and they're advised not to um, take the vaccine. Uh, so you think they'll be stigmatized, they'll be labelled?
6: No, no, no. In fact, for people who have got chronic illnesses, they are strongly they're strongly advised to take the vaccine once they have had the chronic illness control. Meaning that if they're taking the medication, their blood pressure is well controlled, the diabetes is well controlled, then they can safely take the vaccine. And and you can see basically millions of people with chronic illnesses are safely vaccinated all over the world. So yeah, just, the...
2: Yeah,
5: please, please <laughs> uh, Dr. Chen.
6: Yeah, thank you very much. Good
2: morning, uh, Ivan. Yeah, I, I think your opinion is very good. May I also suggest that this is a good opportunity that the citizens of Hong Kong should learn how to manage our own health. Uh, in the past, uh, people don't get used to have a family doctor and don't know their own health situation. Now, I think uh, this opportunity will allow people to be alert, to be aware, and wake up. We need to face our own health. Uh, we need to know whether we have hypertension diabetes or not. So um, get used to having um, a family doctor. In fact, the government could also give out an incentive, say, uh, instead of just uh, the, the, the <laughs> property or other things, we can give health coupons to all the citizens before you go to the citizens if you are uh, afraid Uh, If you fear anything, you should ask the doctor, and the doctor could give you uh, medical advice, just as what uh, Professor Hong has said. Uh, Well, in fact, say, for example, your hypertension is well-controlled. Your diabetes mellitus is now well-controlled. So don't worry. You can go for the vaccination. Now, if this reassurance reassurances from the uh, family doctor, the, the fear could be allayed. And more citizens will feel at least with peace of mind to go to to the vaccination and to clarify that those deaths after vaccination were not caused by vaccinations at all. And so I think this is an important aspect of education, uh, as well as uh, I think uh, for the for the health coupon is already in place already uh, for all other vaccinations as well. Now, if we give health coupons. Um, for the elderly to have the uh, investigations, to to know their own health status, why not we also give all these vaccinees or uh, vaccinees-to-be to to know their own health uh, uh, situation and give them the health coupon to to do the investigations, either in the laboratories or in the hospitals or in the family uh, doctors who will send them to the laboratories to test.
4: So uh, I just wonder uh, what's your opinion? Also, Professor Hong, uh, you know, the the government has said that uh, they will be giving uh, advantages to uh, people who work in the finance uh, sector. Uh, so that uh, travellers from overseas, if they're fully vaccinated and meet other certain requirements, uh, they would be exempt from quarantine requirements uh, I- in Hong Kong uh, because they are uh, important for basically for the economic health uh, of Hong Kong. Uh, what do you think about that? Is, do you think that's uh, fair or unfair or a good way to protect our economy? What's your What's your reading on that? Well,
6: first of all, I think that uh, what Dr. Chen just said is, is, is very well said and. Uh, I agree with him, uh, and that, of course, we, we should be looking at our own chronic units, and I've been saying to all my patients to get vaccinated once their diseases were controlled. With regards to the business, I think that uh, it's, it's a very important and, and very welcome move for the government to, uh, for people who have been vaccinated, they will be exempted from the quarantine. Uh, and I think the next step is to move further to people who are travelling from overseas, if they've been fully vaccinated, uh, you know, with the two doses, uh, then they should again be exempted from the quarantine. Uh, and I think these are very important measures. Uh, I think the the, the the testing should be done. Uh, for example, when they first arrive, for the first seven days, they should still be tested. Uh, and for from coming from countries who are have moderate to low risk then they should be exempted from quarantine uh for those who are in the moderate to high risk then perhaps you could have like you know seven days uh quarantine uh in a hotel uh and then for those who are in very high risk with with lots of cases and, and variants then they should still be banned uh from coming into hong kong and i think these are important measures to move forward
5: and and what, what what about um you know the i i really like dr chen's idea of uh, you know having the incentive uh, giving up the health coupon for people to have actually body checks or blood tests so that they know their health condition health issues but um i mean we we have a big middle age group in hong kong and um primary care has never been uh, you know very strong in hong kong uh we are now having the district uh, health uh, uh, centres, uh, right? Uh, and um, uh, can those uh, help by allaying fears? I'm just thinking of, um, you know, what incentives there are in, you know, instead of materialistic incentives, but to turn this into, uh, you know, um, a stronger idea of uh, taking care of yourself and primary, primary care. Dr. Chan.
2: I agree with you. In fact, we should all line up together with a sense of camaraderie. So, uh, of course, there are 18 community centres, health centres now, but they are not well used now. So, people should go there as well. But there are also many family doctors around, but the people just don't have the sense to have um, more information of about their own health status uh, from the advice of the free doctors, like in UK, in Australia, in Canada, every citizen should have a free doctor. Why not in Hong Kong? Why not uh, that uh, the, the people uh, not develop a sense of health management of his own or her own? So uh, I think a family doctor taking care of them and giving them advice in this, a pandemic situation is important so that we could have a solidarity. All citizens are there together. And doctors should also actively take part in this education and campaign against the pandemic. Vaccination is one of the most important issues. And uh, to, to uh, allay the fear, and necessary fear, always to explain to the citizens when they really have the fear and sensible questions they have the questions which are justifiable and they should be answered by the doctors as well and if they are not satisfied by the doctors as well they also go to the health centers, of course uh, uh I, I think uh smoking the same uh, afterwards we will dis- uh, you will discuss about the smoking problems yeah. i think in this pandemic people return to smoking fearlessly on the roadside, they just take off the mud and soak around the rubbish bin. And nobody will stop them. And they just smoke along the road. No policeman will come to give them any tickets. So I think this way, um, uh, people are being relaxed about smoking. I, I, I would also think that, in fact, the policemen or the uh, inspectors from the Department of Health should also be more stringent and vigilant. In order again, because when they smoke, they just don 't have the mask on, you see, so uh, that is a loophole
4: about the masking efforts of the whole population okay, well, we, as I say, we will turn to smoking in, in, in just a moment. Uh, some more emails. Uh, Bob says, Dr. Chan uh, is incorrect. The government has been publishing data on deaths unrelated to vaccines uh, i 've been able to see these daily on dim sum daily for weeks, uh, so according to uh, Bob. Uh, David, oh, sorry, this is uh, Jay, says, why is it this government always wants to reward people who have good jobs, have money, who have food, who have housing, to go and get vaccinations, whereas those who can't afford it, they probably have to go to the doctor and splash out of their own pocket, probably have a low-paid job, and can't get time off. Uh... Karen says, why does this malevolent government always focus on punishment? Why not just open things up by letting the vaccinated get our freedoms back? No need for masks in outdoor space, minimum home quarantine after travel, etc. Then those who choose not to vaccinate can stay in their safety mask bubble and the rest of us can get on with going back to normal. It may incentivise vaccine rates too. That's uh, from uh, Karen. Matthew says, a follow-up question for John Nichols. Here's what distinguished Hong Kong U professor John Nichols said about the virus in February 2020, yet now he's blaming politics and other countries for not acting fast enough and downplaying the importance of understanding the origin of the the virus. Uh, Quote, there's no vaccine on the immediate horizon for the new virus, uh, but there's no need to panic because the world is... Going to basically get a very bad cold for about five months, according to John Nichols, clinical professor at the University of Hong Kong. That's from. A- Uh, Taiwan news site. Um, Elango says we should see the latest announcements as incentives rather than restrictions. Before the vaccinations, we'd all gone through all the restrictions whenever a wave appeared. The unvaccinated people made a conscious choice, so they have to follow the restrictions when the next wave appears. So we should see this as regular restrictions for the wave as usual, but the vaccinated people pose very tiny risks so they can enjoy exemptions from the restrictions. I urge the local media to carry the right message instead of emphasising these as restrictions and uh, Jay Average says I have a private doctor and I use a government public doctor in the hospital and every time I go I get different information and sometimes I wonder if the doctors are lazy or just following book procedure so I still have no trust and it costs me money and the medicines they give me are to hide the symptoms and not fix the problems so who do I trust? That's uh, from uh, Jay Average Uh, many thanks to uh, everyone who who, uh, emailed and uh, joined the discussion today uh, on uh, COVID issues Uh, to uh, Dr Alvin Chan. Thank you very much indeed once again, Dr Chan, uh, a paediatrician, and uh, uh, Professor Ivan Hong, clinical professor and department of medicine at the Lee Ka-Shing Faculty of Medicine at the University of Hong Kong. Uh, some emails, as I mentioned, on, on other things. Uh, following up on the discussion yesterday, uh, Alan says, on accountability, how will the government be held accountable? The question is, who is it accountable to? The new improved voting system disconnects the government from the people of Hong Kong. It's now completely accountable to Xi Jinping and no one else. That was the plan, and that has now been achieved. Mary says, uh, Dear Bakchant, having run out of regulations that can be manipulated, the authorities are now resorting to the absurd. Grandma Wong was arrested for quote, knowingly taking part in an unauthorised assembly, unquote. But she was alone, so this is impossible, as the definition of assembly implies plurality. If a judge allows such a charge to be considered, then the fabled rule of law in Hong Kong is truly dead. That comes from Mary. Uh, Press reports are that uh, she's been released without charge. I don't know if that's correct. Uh, and Matthew says we had the 47 political prisoners denied an answer as to whether they would be allowed a jury trial yesterday in their hearing the former assistant to the DAB chairwoman another DAB assistant were charged with bribing people to vote for Vincent Chang in a key Ledgeco by-election Granny Wong was arrested for legal assembly with herself and the outdoor Victoria Park June the 4th vigil has been again banned at the same time as the cruise industry has been given special permission to operate high-risk indoor cruises to nowhere yet once again current affairs programme Backchat is choosing to return to discuss the virus, even though we have no cases and many more important and interesting topics. Why? And then Matthew goes on to discuss the virus. On the matter of the lab theory, it would indeed be quite a twist if the disease that could not be called the Wuhan virus ultimately became known as the Wuhan Institute of Virology uh, virus. And Jimmy says, today is the 1st of June... In America, and the country is showing its hypocrisy for the world to witness, Jim Crow, 1870, Tulsa Massacre, 1922, Emmett Till lynching, 1955, Selma to Montgomery march and murder, 1965. I could go on and on, but I simply want to pose a question. Why does the world not hold America accountable for these human rights violations? Jim also says, what does it matter in June 2021 where the covid19 virus originated 1932 the american government for conducted a study of syphilis why not study if they infected china with the covid19 virus that's from jim that's Uh, Can I call that Jim, Jim H, because we've got a lot of Jims coming in uh, as well. Thank you very much indeed. For those, one more comment from on Facebook. James Kong says it does not help if some members of the medical provision give poor, if not false, information on WHO is eligible to have a vaccine or who should take precaution or avoid. The risk for an individual to have a vaccine, whether the individual has any illness, the chronic illness, stable versus unstable, any allergy or allergies, they need to have a full health check. Uh, finally today wanted to turn as mentioned to the issue of uh, smoking joining us now is dr judith Mackay, uh, an honorary professor in hong kong youth school a public health a senior policy advisor to the world health organization yesterday was world uh, no smoking day and uh, also um, uh, last week there was a study published in the british medical journal the lancet uh, saying that uh, uh, basically that more people were smoking around the world than uh, ever before uh, partly because of of, uh, population growth, uh, an all time high of 1.1 billion. Uh, Dr. Mackay, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. I thought smoking was on the decline. I thought you were kind of winning the battle against smoking, but apparently not.
7: Well, the reality is that although the prevalence, the percentage of smokers it is indeed coming down in most countries. The reality is that the world population is expanding by billions if we look towards 2040. And you were quite correct in the introduction that this is the reason that the actual number of smokers is going up, even though the prevalence is coming down. So if you look, say, at 2040 or 2050, there'll probably be more smokers in the world than there are today, which is the really depressing feature. If we weren't doing all these programs, then that would really be very much worse. So uh, when I say I'll be working till I'm 100, I think there's some truth in that. We've got a long way to go yet.
5: Um, How about in Hong Kong during COVID? Do you see um, a rise in smoking?
7: Well, COVID is a really interesting aspect of the tobacco epidemic because we know that, in fact, smokers, if they catch COVID, are twice as likely, more than twice as likely to die from it. And secondly, we also know that other aspects of tobacco use, like vaping, Are also quite dangerous they did a study in stanford showing that young vapors were about seven times more likely to catch covid than non-vapors and if you look at water pipes particularly those that are shared in cafes these indeed transmit covid and that is why who in 2021 has chosen commit to quit as its theme because it's so appropriate with the covid epidemic coming and because of covid more and more smokers do want to quit because they know They have a double risk, if not a treble risk.
4: Uh, is it young people? What's the profile of smokers now? How's that doing?
7: Well, um, if we look at Asia, for example, the female rates of smoking are still low around Asia. And this is quite astonishing, because we predicted 30 years ago that they would start to rise as they had in the West. But the prevalence of smoking among women in Asia is still about 5%, and nobody is 100% sure why. The prevalence of male smoking, however, in Asia is much higher. It's, you know, it wavers around the 50%, such as in China and in Indonesia and the big population countries. And that remains stubbornly stuck in a lot of countries like China.
4: Uh, and what do you attribute this to? Uh, is it uh, external <coughs> influence or, or what? And if so, I think that... it's
7: a combination of the fact that uh, you know, tobacco is an addictive product. And smokers do struggle to quit. It's not easy. And again, this is why WHO has got the World No Tobacco Day, because it gives you all the reasons to quit. It gives you a lot of tips for quitting. They've even, in fact, got a sort of digital health assistance called Florence, who if you go onto the WHO site will help you personally, sort of guide you through your questions and how to quit smoking. So I think it's a combination of the fact it is addictive. We still have the tobacco industry that tries to obstruct around the world every measure we try to take whether it's increasing tax whether it's creating smoke-free areas whether it's banning advertising whether it's introducing plain packaging the tobacco industry are in there trying to obstruct and to delay and to weaken legislation everywhere around the world and i personally feel that unless we address the sort of the commercial influences on health like the tobacco industry and i might say some of the other industries like you know, the sugar industry as well. Unless we address these commercial determinants of health, we'll never really get on top of this epidemic.
5: So I guess all governments are very busy fighting COVID. Um, You know, has this, um, you know, been put on the side?
7: I think think this is another really important factor, Ada. that although we have, you know, a, a hundred or two deaths from COVID in Hong Kong at the moment, Governments forget we have 7,000 deaths every single year in Hong Kong from tobacco. And some of your previous speakers and programs have talked about having some kind of perspective and balance. And I think, we, you know, we, it's very important that we don't forget the big killers. The big killers in Hong Kong are tobacco. They are actually not COVID. Having said that, um, you know, there's a lot to say about COVID. And I'm certainly not diminishing the need to address that in any way whatsoever. But concomitantly, we actually need to keep our eye on the big picture, too, regarding tobacco. And not, not just the health aspects of it. We have massive economic losses in Hong Kong. It's been estimated we lose nearly six billion Hong Kong dollars in economic losses from tobacco, um, which, again, have to be taken into account. So I'm simply saying that we really need to keep our eye on the ball regarding the other problems as well as dealing with COVID.
4: Um- but governments could could stop smoking if they really wanted to, couldn't they? They could always introduce these these kind of measures. Why, why don't they? Are, are they unpopular, or do they want the revenue, or you know what's going on there? Well. There
7: have been- of prohibition in the past, for example, in America with Mm. alcohol, and it just led to crime and corruption. Mm. So most governments around the world are just basically trying to push back the frontier with all the measures I've mentioned, particularly taxation, trying to sort of push it back and drive it down in a sense almost naturally and by incentive and indeed by legislation and taxation. That's the path that most governments have followed rather than trying to ban the product. There are talks about end games, getting it down below 5%. Hong Kong at 10% smoking is certainly not bad in the world, but we have plateaued recently. And if I had a wish list for World No Tobacco Day, it would be, please, please, financial secretary, put up the tobacco tax because this is the best way of stopping children smoking and we haven't had a significant tax increase for absolutely ages for years and years and years we've got to try and prevent youth smoking and it's not a health measure it's not a health education Mm -hmm. measure it is actually tax it's a fiscal measure that will reduce smoking because if you can get young people to about the age of 23 or 24 their frontal lobes are then fully developed They start being able to make long-term, you know, sort of life decisions, if you might call it that, and they don't start smoking after that. We've got to really try and prevent and protect that group until the 24, and tobacco tax is the way to do it. And if you explain to people that you're putting up the tax to protect and prevent young people smoking, it actually becomes much more acceptable.
4: But, yeah, so there is a kind of playoff, isn't there? Because you look at, say, the war on drugs, you know, which most people accept has been not very successful. Illegal drugs, of course, flood the world. Uh, And I guess the point is that, yeah, you would drive uh, tobacco in the same direction Uh, if you suddenly put up the tax um, too much. uh, You just get a lot more uh, illegal trade.
7: Um, Actually, that has not proved to be so. There is illicit trade back and forward over virtually every border in the world. And I might say that WHO has actually said that much of this illegal trade is being orchestrated by the tobacco industry itself because, of course, it gains from illegal trade. It sells cigarettes without the tax component much cheaper and therefore, again, more affordable to young people. But illicit trade is remarkably unrelated to the actual tax amount in countries. And indeed, WHO has actually recommended a figure that tobacco tax should be a minimum of 70% of retail price. And we're just under that in Hong Kong at the moment. But because we have had this sort of plateauing in the last few years, if we need to move forward, we need to ban the new tobacco products and we need to put up the tax.
4: Okay. Well, many thanks for for joining us uh, once again, Dr. Judith Mackay. On the line there, uh, Senior Policy Advisor to the World Health Organization, Honorary Professor in the School of Public Health at the University of Hong Kong. Uh, More emails to uh, finish off. Uh, Mike says, your paediatrician speaker just said that the vaccine was, quote, the most important measure. Could I see his scientific evidence on that comment? Um... uh, J uh Jim M says uh has a long email but says the WHO visit was a load of bat guano uh the so-called inspection team to China was a fiasco akin to a tour led uh disney guide um uh Jim H says it's very strange that following my two emails to backchat I lost access to the station at 20:51 Hong Kong time as I am in America, I don't believe it was caused by a China action. That comes from Chim. <laughs> Uh, And uh, uh, Johnny says, very frank opinions from your two guests today. I totally agree with the professor that the origins of COVID has been used as political attacks from two sides of the divide. Vaccination is the key to our city. Return to some normalcy. What's wrong with some carrots, even if you don't agree with sticks? That comes uh, from Johnny. Thank you very much indeed for that comment. Thank you very much indeed to uh, all the uh, emails and uh, insights and uh, comments today Uh, to our guests and our listeners. Thank you very much indeed. Ada, thank you very much. Here's the weather: cloudy with showers and squally thunderstorms. The showers heavy at times this morning. Temperatures up to about 31 degrees. That looks showers easing off, and the weather will be very hot in the middle of this week. Heavy showers and thunderstorms back on Friday and Saturday. The amber rainstorm warning now in effect, and a thunderstorm warning. 26 degrees. Relative humidity 96%.
1: Results of the primary one central allocation will be sent to parents by post using door-to-door delivery service. Parents may also receive the results via SMS. If you made your choices of schools in January, you will receive the Primary 1 registration form on June 2nd or 3rd. Follow the information attached to the form to register your child with the allocated school. If you have not received the form by June 4th, please call the Education Bureau at 2832 7700.
4: 933, the news with Samantha Butler.
1: A patients' rights activist says penalising people for not getting a COVID jab isn't the right way to boost Hong Kong's low vaccination rate. Alex Lam welcomed incentives offered by the government and the private sector, which include paid leave after each jab. But he said the government's suggestion to ban unvaccinated people from venues such as restaurants, schools and sports halls would deprive people of their basic rights. Police have warned companies not to pay cybercriminals, especially with cryptocurrency, in the unfortunate event that their data is held hostage by ransomware. Officers said virtual currency is extremely difficult to trace when investigating a case. The warning came despite the force reporting a 6% fall in the number of email scams last year with 767 cases. And there are growing doubts that Britain will be able to ease its lockdown restrictions in late June after several leading scientists warned the UK is in the early stages of a third wave of COVID infections. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock.
7: Stand by for the brew.
2: Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Design, Interpreter of Beethoven, so and oh
3: so shy, quiet, and retiring, doggy Council co founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is a really for adults, it's not really for cats.
2: Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello.
3: Decipher what's happening behind the myth. Good
1: morning. Interviews and also observations.
3: Absolutely no way.
1: <laughs> On your radio and live online.